Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Prairie Ramblings podcast. Today's nature sound is going to be all of the lovely critters and creatures of the summer evening. Right as the sun goes down at dusk, all the critters come out. All the sounds are made. Some of them are made during the day too and they continue at this time, but it's a real big sign here in Kansas of summer and of heat. So I thought you would all enjoy a little sounds of the cicadas and the bugs. I have a few little updates um, to y'all. There is gonna be some changes on this episode moving forward. Um, that I'm pretty excited about. I'm going to be working with more folks and releasing a few more episodes, things like that I'm going to be working on. Um, my goal is to get one episode out each month. Um, so the date will be a little bit more solidified as I get into the groove of things. Hopefully I can do it a bi-weekly in some late latter point in time. That would be really lovely. I really enjoy making these episodes and I really enjoy talking with these people. Um, so I hope that you feel the same. So with that, we will also be working on creating an audio video-ish file. In the future, I'd like to also create some video content with these podcast episodes just because I feel like we are either in really amazing spaces or it's just kind of nice to be able to see who you're talking to sometimes if you prefer that. Uh, so right now they're just going to be audio files only with just a backdrop image that I'll be releasing onto YouTube. Once um, all the episodes are solidified, I'll post them through here on Anchor, and then I'll also be posting them on YouTube at Prairie Ramblings Podcast. So if you are a YouTube person, be sure to check those out. They will be releasing when this episode gets released. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to get going on that. Another update um, that you'll see on this podcast moving forward is an ad. I am using Anchor to help distribute and um, use some of their resources for the podcast. When you create a podcast, you have to have this RSS feed, which is pretty much like a host website or a host server like you would for a computer. And so before I was using another host um, server, they were really great. Um, but Anchor just seems to be a little bit more friendly with the technology that I'm using, um, which is awesome. And it's also free, the other one I was paying for. Um, and so this is really cool. And through the ad, uh, it helps bring on more sponsors, sponsorships potentially in the future, which I will talk more about later in the episode. So just be aware of that. And I am donating half 50% of the proceeds that I get from these um, ads, which I'm not sure how much like volume I reach with my podcast. It's not 
that much, but I am shooting for the stars and looking forward to the future of some some big waves made then. So just prepping you all for that space later today in the show. With all of the housekeeping aside, I am really excited to bring this conversation out into the world between me, Hannah, and Jake. It was really lovely talking with them. You'll get to know them pretty well throughout this episode and some of the endeavors that they have been on these past few years. They are two lovely shining stars here in Lawrence and um, have created a really lovely space being with them. So without further ado, here is Hannah and Jake with Meadowroot and the Herbal Content Cottage. Hope you all enjoy the rest of the episode today. I'll talk to you soon. My name's Jake. Um, like we were saying, I'm, you know, a sopatologist uh, and uh, slash musician slash chef uh, renaissance person. And uh, yeah, the, I guess, CEO and main soap maker to Meadowroot Soap Company. LLC. Hey. Hey. <laughs> cool. Um, and I'm Hannah. I'm Jake's wife. And I have, we've been calling me the brand manager for Meadowroot. Cool. Um, I have a background in marketing and writing and photography. So I've been, we did the website and I helped with a lot of the images and the copy. And um, we've just been having a lot of fun, like honing in on who we're going to be as a brand and, you know, what's important to us and what everything's going to look like and the vibe. And it's been really, it's been a really fun journey uh, these past few months figuring it all out. And brand manager is a good title for her, but she does a lot more than just that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, a fun area that Jake and I have been able to kind of intersect too is I'm also an herbalist. And so Jake has been making soap for like, I mean, what do you think? Just like forever, years? yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's wild. Wild. That's so yeah. long. That's so, so cool. Long. He started. Do you, do you want to tell how you started? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I just had really, yeah. you know, uh, I was acne prone skin, you know, and uh, just didn't like it. Tried, you know, different things in the conventional world, and then just got more educated on what commercial soap really was, which is really just detergent. Yeah. You know, to combat hard water, and that's what we're rubbing all over ourselves. Um, and so that that's that was the impetus of just like, well, let me try to make my own soap, you know, which I started to do, which was uh, not to the level I'm making it now, obviously, uh, but it was always just making it for myself, and then you know, found it was a great you know gift too, so you didn't have to go uh, buy something, you know, you could give some something that was uh, made by you with love. Um, and then I do think that it sort of grew into more when Hannah and I got together, honestly. And, 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 you know, I've always been someone who's very, very in touch with nature. And it's really just everything to me. And Hannah shares that same uh, passion. But she has so much information about specific plants and herbs, right. you know, like yeah. super exciting information. And then when our worlds met in that way, you know, she kind of opened my, my eyes to deeper, how I could get deeper with it, you know, and how we could infuse the herbs into the oils themselves and, 
and that was that was fantastic uh, and and still sort of you know a good thing uh, but not necessarily a business plan and then we started to grow a bunch of different uh, experimental things out at the farmhouse we lived out uh, four acres and you know we grew peanuts and we grew um, you know different flowers and then we also grew loofah and we found that this loofah was just very exciting and you know um, very exfoliating and you you know when you were done with it, it it would you know you could compost it unlike a lot of these um, plastic things that you find in beauty products Scrubbies. these days yeah they're so weird they are yeah. they're so weird and that's really i think where metal root came from we were finally the synthesis of you know the, you know we've got these herb infused oils uh we you know sort of have a few different styles you know utilizing clays utilizing activated charcoals and, and you know beneficial things uh, for our skin natural things and the loofah you know it really set us apart to to, to a degree where we thought you know this this is a business yeah. uh, and a brand yeah and a lot yeah. of the loofah soaps online we kind of started doing like market research to see like are other people making loofah soaps and are they out there and a lot of them were just like glycerin based or seemed mm. very kind of like low quality like maybe someone like bought like a soap kit you know and just like yeah. combined the ingredients in their kitchen and then put, stuck a loofah in the middle and put it on Etsy and which is cool and fun if that's you know how you're getting started but we really wanted to combine like the super high quality like luscious oil infused soaps that Jake had been fine-tuning and with the homegrown loofah too and we felt like that was something that was really we we weren't seeing anyone else doing and, and if you do see artfully made soap which there are a lot of talented soap makers out there no mm -hmm. no question about it um you know it doesn't it i don't think it speaks to me in that they're very artificial colors and 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 you know fragrances you know we only use natural organic essential oils you know that are sustainably harvested and um we use them sparingly you know and, and uh so there, there's a lot of talented soap makers out there, but I think for us and our brand, it's it's very much more you know in touch with nature from on the supply chain level. Like you know, it's sustainably sourced, and uh, we we only use you know like oak oak straw for our uh, shipping, and you know really you know paper boxes and no plastic and, and things like that. And I feel like that was lacking in the market, and, and is lacking. You know, there's just a lot of plastic and fragrances and artificial colors, pigments and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, for me, you know, if you don't see something out there that you really want to see and, and experience, then you might as well just make it. Try it. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I totally hear you on a lot of those levels. I think it's interesting how some folks can sell a lot of natural products and then there is a lot of that plastic along with it. Yeah. And it's interesting to see, you know, how those things can can collide and then also like you know not think about you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and it's important to think about those things it is especially like for the future yeah. for sure for sure yeah and as a business you have the opportunity like you're buying so many more supplies and goods than you do when you're just like you know purchasing these things for your own home use mm -hmm. so it suddenly makes you this like mega consumer in a way um, so yeah, to be thoughtful about all those purchases, it can just add up really, really fast. And, and to continue to try to be mindful, you know, even when you get to, 
a place that you think you're sustainable, you know, you can even go further, you know, I mean, we currently source a lot of our herbs, you know, from Mountain Rose Herbs, you know, which is, you know, great company and responsible source. But, you know, we even now want to move forward and say, how can we source them locally so we can just, and we have a couple of leads, you know, in that regard, where we can just go with, you know, like a trunk or a bucket or, yeah. you know, like, hey, you know, let's fill me up, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm cleansing your flower and plantain right. leaf, please. Right. Um, and what's cool there is, like, if it's local, you could even trade for time. Yeah, And, like, yeah. If, if, like, yeah. you know, like, if I could get, you know, two pounds of this, but also, like, I'd love to come out love and, like, come help harvest you. It. Yeah, it's, absolutely. That's so much fun. Yeah, and if so you have that fun. time and capacity to do that, that's amazing. And then you can really get to know the plant yourself mm -hmm. personally and also the people who are growing it in those space mm -hmm. on the land that you're growing it onto yeah mm -hmm. yeah which is like a really that's a beautiful process yeah it is yeah. it is it's uh it's just such a beautiful hope for tomorrow gardening isn't it yeah yeah um so yeah that's going to be exciting when we're, when we're you know sourcing all that stuff locally and then there's just zero packaging you know packaging is something that, that really adds up mm -hmm. and for me when i support a company I definitely, you know, become an educated consumer and know, like, what is their business practice, you know, and where is this stuff coming from, and are they giving back anything, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think everyone should think about that, you know. Where's my money going? Because really that's where you're, that's your real vote like, in this world. Is like, yeah. Where do you, who do you support monetarily, and what companies do you let grow to mass, power? Yeah, mass extinction. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to think about, and I... I personally try and think about that too and I think when you have you know we all have this finite amount of dollar you know and if you're gonna I feel like if you're gonna go out of your way to spend some of that like you might as well you know make sure it's going to a good place make sure it's supporting somebody who you want to support yeah. um and casting like you were saying casting your vote with your dollar and like voting with your dollar or like using your dollar to you know support those who need it mm -hmm. yeah it's huge yeah. yeah and you know sometimes it does take a little more time sometimes but what i feel like once you do it enough you can kind of like get a groove for like doing it more effectively and yeah. Yeah. yeah i feel yeah. like it takes more work at the beginning like with research but then once you find that source it's just as easy as buying it anywhere else a lot of times mm -hmm. and more fun like you were saying you can go maybe yeah. you can go like connect with the farmer and have this lovely afternoon outside yeah. or harvesting it's it's just a lot more fulfilling yeah yeah mm -hmm. more like more heart you know mm -hmm. um so how how does a loofah grow? Like, what what's the process of growing a loofah? So, I think it's so it's, so it's such cool. a yeah. cool plant. <laughs> it's such a cool plant. Yeah, mine are like struggling, but I think we talked about this, and I think mine are I planted them too late, and okay, they're yeah. just like in weird soil mm -hmm. where it's like this was kind of like I was like shooting for the stars, you know? I was uh -huh. like maybe it will happen, maybe it won't, you know? Yeah. I think it's going to be a, a next year thing for me. Yeah, that's it okay. took some finessing on our end. Like, I think every year we learn a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, they like to to climb, you right. know. It's it's like when you're you know you're building a fire and you, you know you do the either the the cabin or the the pyramid so that it's got right. like something to climb. They definitely do better if they've got space to climb for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so our, our tower, it's like a big pyramid tower that they grow on on both sides, and you know, uh, since we we did that, they they've grown exponentially. Cool. And it's like usually ten feet tall, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure. It's so it's tall. If not, if not, more, <laughs> yeah. if not more, yeah, it's just super, 
Luba Tower. Yeah. <laughs> I keep it's called. a pyramid shape and I keep like really wanting to climb inside and like take a nap. Yeah, it's like a tent. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could. It's like a little yeah. tent. There's That's an so opening cool. on one side. And mm. They look identical to cucumbers. I mean, they really grow very similarly to a cucumber. Yeah. Um, and you can eat young Lufa. You know, very wow. uh, young Lufa you can eat. Chop them up in a stir fry or uh -huh. something. Before have you, that fiber gets a chance to I tried once, but it didn't come out very well because it just wasn't. I it was what I thought was considered a young a young loofah, but when I cut into it, it was it was quite fibrous. So mm. um, just decided to go ahead and Whatever. go for the fiber. Yeah. Let's get, go yeah. for the fiber, and I'll have a, I'll have a zucchini instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I I think you know, like you just touched on, we don't in our zone. It's not ideal, and you you do have a, a finite amount of time, so you've got to really start them early and hope the weather uh, you know accommodates them going late and or maybe like a greenhouse if you if you've, you've got it um, but if you get lucky it's it's you know you can do it here and just get perfect beautiful loofah cool well, and the cool. reason our climate's kind of hard is they so the way loofah works like for people who aren't familiar with it is that like it's yeah like Chuck said it looks like a cucumber and then it grows and throughout the season you leave it on the vine and as it stays on the vine, it turns dry and brittle. The outside basically tur eventually turns like blackish brown, like, like the blackish skin brown, just like yeah. dies. And then if you pluck it off the vine, you can kind of flake off that skin. And what you have underneath it is like the dry fibrous loofah yeah. gourd, like what you would buy to use as a sponge at the store. And the seeds, you know, and the that, seeds. that's that's an ideal loofah to harvest. It's like a like a dark brown to black. You can kind of touch it; it's dry, and you can shake it, and you kind of hear the seeds, mm -hmm. yeah. which is ideal because then you, you know, you can kind of just trim the end off, just shake the seeds out if you can, yeah. And then, like Hannah was saying, it just peels right off, and it's beautiful. Not yeah. to say that if you find that you have like some green fruit, you know, at the end of the season, it's time to go. You know, it's like gonna gonna freeze. You can take it and kind of get some of that pulp out, and, and it will be useful lufa. Um, it just might be a little more laborious to to get to fair yeah. yeah but that's why it that's why they need such a long growing season because you don't like harvest them when they're fresh like you would like a zucchini or a tomato you mm -hmm. leave them on the vine yeah. for another like as long as you can up until the first frost Before really the first frost yep. yeah so that's why a lot of times people grow them in like arizona and texas where they don't have that first frost and they can just mature on the vine all the way up until they're ready they get some beautiful cool. beautiful gourds we've gotten some big ones um but i know that if you utilize the sort of a technique of deflowering some of them and strategically mm. letting, you know, just some of them get the nutrients, you can get some giant, giant ones. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And so it is a part of the gourd family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And like the little babies, the first year we grew them, we started a bunch of seeds yeah. and we didn't label them very well. And yeah. we also started a bunch of cucumber seedlings. Yeah. And we Hilarious. Them very well. They were... We could not tell the difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we did maybe eventually get it sorted out, but it was yeah. like, I mean, we were in there basically like with a magnifying glass. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Are Even so the flowers, yeah, the whole thing, yeah. the, whole, mm -hmm. the whole jam looks very, very similar. But yeah. then eventually the leaves would get, you know, they get real big. Yeah. Um, the leaves are like the size of my head. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful product from the beginning to the end. You know, they're fun to, they're fun to watch grow and then they're fun to harvest and then they're, fantastic to use because you can you know like we you know offer where you have soap and you have a loof impregnated in it and you can use it as an exfoliant on your skin when not only does it 
keep the soap in there to the very end. You know, you get like that little slimy bit at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't. You don't have that because it's like in the loofah. It's loofa in the loofah, and it lasts which all is not your scrubber. So yeah. then when yeah. you're done, you know, you you're still not done because now you can take it and you know throw some baking soda and vinegar in your sink, and then use that to clean your yeah. bathroom a couple times, and yeah. then you can throw it in your compost pile. Right. You know, so it's just it's just from the beginning to the end. It's just you know, a little friend. Yeah, <laughs> sticking sticking with it even to the dirt, you know, yeah. from dirt to dirt. Yeah, dirt to dirt. I like that because it's also like yeah. the dirt on your skin, the uh -huh. dirty ruin, uh -huh. and then it turns into dirt. <laughs> I love you it. know? Oh, yeah. oh, that's cool. I think we have our tagline. Yeah, <laughs> dirt to dirt by our loofah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write that's that cool. down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking notes there. Right? I think it's crazy that it's like spongy and that that like the shape of the loofah is like made in that gourd yeah like what i just it it's just another mind. and how it's grown like we can grow it yes yeah. and like it's you know it does come with his trials and tribulations but that like it's not just like a sea sponge or yeah. something right Which that's is, what i thought, I thought originally for years. Yeah. yeah originally yeah i think that's part of why we were like so delighted by loofah because it was just such a surprise to learn like oh my god, this isn't from the sea. Yeah. This is yeah. literally something from you can grow in your garden. And Lutheran right. is the perfect reminder, I think, of, uh, you know, how many things nature provides for us Yeah. that we've tried to duplicate with chemicals and plastics and yeah. things that are not sustainable and how ridiculous that is. Like, isn't it easy yeah. to, to look at, like, this thing that you can use and, then, and, and you know, like we're saying, from the beginning, to, from dirt to dirt, you know, it's, yeah. it's sustainable and fun and a friend to us and the planet and then they're mass producing these things made of plastic to feed the you know the great garbage patch yeah. and people line up to buy them and i think it's you know you like scrub your skin with yeah, yeah. You scrub your skin or do with your dishes then, with yeah. even you know yeah. like people could so easily if you planted one a single leaf plant makes a ton mm. of gourds right and then a gourd is big it's like wait it's like imagine like four times the size of your average cucumber at least if not more yeah, yeah. so say every household had a loofah plant out back they could have one to two year supplies of uh, supplies of sponges to clean their house and mm -hmm. use in the shower and even if they didn't you know put it in soap yeah and no then, they're, and then they're that's great just, just to have thing. yeah just to yeah. Use, yeah one of my friends got a um they we were camping and i was like what where's this come from they it was like a natural camping pack that they found online and they got and it came with like wooden spoons and like knives and it had like a little tiny like slice of loofah as their scrubber oh. and i was like oh my gosh that's so cute that, that is like so cute. they just like tossed in a little like tiny slice of loofah for mm -hmm. you to like do your your camp dishes yeah yeah and like yeah. even things like that like I found one at a community garden in the winter. It was just like a loofah just sitting out and it's like somebody would grew it and um, I was just like, what? There's just like, there's a loofah here. Like, where did you come from? Hi! You know? Yeah. And so I took it home and like shook all the seeds out and I use it as like, because it was like kind of molding because it was like mm -hmm. winter and it like sat there for way too long. And um, so I use it as like just like my outdoor scrubby of just like all sorts of things. And I feel like it's we've gone through a lot and it's still here. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And the fact of like if something if it does rot or if something does happen like that I can just like chop it up and put in my compost is like that's cool. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. And like or if it just like if I didn't find it and it just stayed on the ground, it would just like decompose on the ground. Yeah. Like no problem. Mm -hmm. and, and, fantastic. Yeah. And Lufa, you know, is just one of the, you know, 
little friends that we utilize too in the soap, you know, because we can, you know, sort of talk about the benefits of like plantain leaf that we, you know, all of our soaps are infused with half plantain and then half calendula oil. And uh, those are interesting plants. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to go with calendula and plantain because they're two that are really sustainable. I mean, plantain is like a weed, really. Technically. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. If you just know how to recognize it. Yeah. And it's it's one that herbalists will traditionally call upon to like help soothe the sting of like a bug bite or a burn, and it's very cooling. And so we really love having that in our soaps, especially like in summer, because we, where we live in North Lawrence, we live by the river and we have so many mosquitoes <laughs> in our yard. So many. And we go camping a lot, we go hiking a lot. And so we're just constantly covered in like bug bites and scratches and bruises, you know, we're in the <laughs> yeah. garden all the time. Like yeah. we just live rough lives and it's right. good, you know, we're alive. And, um, but the plantain just helps like just soothe, just like bathe us and just like mm -hmm. a really soothing, application every time it gives the oil this beautiful green lovely undertone yeah that's um, amazing yeah so we love that one and that one's fun too because that because it does grow wild we can also go foraging for that one and so we can you know throw on our backpacks and go out hiking and find a supply well and i love how it grows too like where it's like you know kind of the area kind of needs to be roughed up a little yeah and uh -huh. it kind of comes up i love plants like that that are just like resilient you know like dandelions and yeah things nettles. That, nettles nettles are always in the yes. wastelands and uh -huh. stuff mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah and we're experimenting with a shampoo bar that's not available on our website yet but um that's that's got uh, a nettle in it cool uh, nettle and rosemary and cool yeah a, a bunch of other things but um but so those are those are really uh you know just in this in the oils themselves which already just sets everything apart but then you know, there's just so many little friends in there too, like the clays, you know, and then the activated charcoal is such an amazing material and, you know, yeah. how it can draw out impurities from your skin and, and uh, amongst another long list of things that it can do. Yeah. Um, and, and I find that really exciting. Shea butter, you know, um, they've been using that for forever, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of women, I think, especially in uh, Africa when they, for uh, stretch marks and stuff like that. And it, it's really, really beneficial for the skin. Mm -hmm. Um and then, you know, loofah can be, for some people, I can imagine it might be a little uh, much if you're like super sensitive skin. But if you did still want an exfoliant, we have that, you know, one with, you know, ground up oatmeal, which is really beneficial too. Nice. I just think it's fun to, again, the thing that always I come back to is just so many of these things that people are synthetically copying and it's not good for the environment and, you know... I think we want to showcase that there's just so much that nature has everything we need and, yeah. and, and, and want, could want. Yeah. It's so giving. Mm -hmm. It's a giving life force, you know? And so abundant. I think that was the thing that first really stood out to me when we started gardening was like how much your garden gives throughout the year. It's just crazy. Um, and that's part of why we actually started distilling. So we have a, like a mm. copper still and we love to distill our own hydrosols cool which is like it's basically the same process that you would go through to distill essential oil but it takes an insane amount of plant material to make essential oils right so but so usually when we run through the still we'll get like a drop or two of essential oil and then we'll get like a half gallon of hydrosol okay and hydrosol is like floral water so like rose water and um cucumber water sage water is my favorite water. Oof. oh my god it's just 
yeah, Jake loves it. We have a whole oh, it's giant. It's so cooling on a, on oh a hot gosh. day in the summer here. That sounds perfect. Just a mist of sage. Yeah. 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 And that's part of why we started distilling that's was amazing. because we just had so much plant material. Like, we had yeah. so many herbs. And a lot of times we would leave them for the pollinators and we'd share with friends. And, and that was fine. But we kind of started wondering, like, how else can we use these things? So yeah. that's yeah. kind of like a one of the things we're excited about for the future, looking forward to, is yeah. like, incorporating those into the soaps or having them available as like liquid incense and they work yeah. really well in the incense yeah because you know you make like an incense dough and then you like hydrate it obviously yeah and you can use water but you know if you use these hydrosols when they sort of evaporate the, the water they leave those you know organic compounds on wow. there and the properties of the plant you know cool. medicinal properties of the plant will come out in the smoke Wow. Yeah, I think we both just love these like ancient crafts, like soap making, oh, yeah. so making bread. I like baking. to bake bread, yeah. and cooking, and everything that's you know super ancient like that that connects us to our ancestors and the human condition. Really, uh, are are beautiful things. Yeah. Are human. Just like taking care of our vessels, you know, mm -hmm. in like different ways that like make sense that are like aligned with you know your your thoughts and your ethics and your thinking as you know a person yeah it's like yeah. really really cool yeah. i remember when i like me and my family kind of went through a similar path of like we ate generally healthy like i'd say we ate like very healthy as like an average like american family um but it was really cool to see over the last like five plus years five even to ten years of like my family just being like that soap sucks like i remember we made, we, there was this really cool um, soap company in Minneapolis called um, Modern Roots. They have like goats and they do like goat milk and like other stuff like that. And I remember when we found the company, my mom's like, I'm never using other soap again. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like, this is crazy. Like this blew my mind. And like we were already like on the food path. But then once we switched to like your physical body and mm -hmm. like they make all their own face oils and like things like that and like once you like dive into that and you try it for yourself it's another one of those things where like some of the oils and some of those things are a little bit more expensive but like the amount of time and love and just like plant matter and yes. so much stuff that goes into that is right. like that's just like that's what it is oh for yeah. sure and it's worth yeah. it yeah. yeah i mean you know we spend we like start we, we're not able to grow all of the herbs for our soaps um but we grow a good portion or forage a good portion and so it's like starting in february we're planting the garden ordering the seeds all the way through october yeah you know, yeah the lufa take take quite a bit of resources mm -hmm. for sure yeah using the oil it's like there's just like you were saying there's so many steps that go into it and so much thought and intention behind like one product every little thing. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. like yes this has like you know this clay oh you know nettle and like things in this one bar but like the amount of time and the amount of resources that it takes just to like make that one bar of soap or mm. like two bars of soap or you know whatever yeah. hydrosol is like whoa oh and like the education the years of learning about it yeah too, you know before even the that seasonal cycle begins yeah. yeah how long have you been doing things with herbs like how long have you been down that path i'd say about 10 years cool. I, it started for me well, i grew up in the country mm -hmm. and i was homeschooled and so some of my first memories are like making potions with like juniper berries and mud and stuff like yeah. I was like, playing when, when I was a kid but then my I had a college job working at a tea shop um it was called Tiporo on mass and it's been closed for years now but it Aww. was I know I wish it was still open I it was really stores. cool yeah, yeah. The, there was like 300 varieties of loose leaf tea 
It was oh. amazing. It was mostly like black teas and green teas and stuff, but, um, but there were some herbal teas. And I started working there, and um, I remember someone came in and was basically like, hey, do you have any teas to help with like digestion or to help studying? And I was like, in college, and I was just like, why are you asking me this? Yeah. Like, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. I just work at a tea shop. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I don't know. Have some jasmine green tea. Like, yeah. That's our po most popular one. And, um, and then, but I wanted to like be a good employee, you know, and I wanted to be able to like answer people's questions. So I started doing some research and was just like, like mind blown that all these different plants could help with different things. So that, that was about 10 years ago and that like really opened me up to it. And mm. then so much of what I've done since then has just kind of been on that path. I think yeah. you probably, you know, I mean, definitely while you were working with Mother Earth News and Mother Earth Living too, you yeah. did a lot of, you know, coverage of herbs and I'm sure you learned quite a bit. Yeah, I was, I was an editor at Mother Earth News and I was the health editor. So I started covering like the health beat mm. and then I went on to become the editor in chief of Mother Earth Living, which is a magazine, a national magazine that's totally focused on herbs and, and health, health and wellness. So that was when I like really dove in deep and I got to work with some amazing um, herbalist, I got to do like some videos with Rosemary Cladstar. Oh my gosh, like, yeah, I have one of them. Oh books. my god, I love her so much. And is their fireside person to walk through, you know, the prairie with because you know she just introduces you to so many uh, plants and and then sort of educates you on what they do. And you know, she's kind of she has this like wealth of knowledge on them. And it's really fun to to go and sort of you know learn from her in that way. Yeah. I love them. I think sometimes I think I'm like an annoying person to be in the car with because I have like my head out the window the whole time and I'm just like, that's goldenrod. There's <laughs> yeah. like, that's like it's me in the there. car. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. That's, totally. that's fantastic. That's all I want to talk about, but yeah, I, I think part of the reason I'm really drawn to it is it really, the fact that we live on this planet with herbs that can heal our bodies. Uh, to, is to me like one of the coolest things and it yeah. makes me feel like I really belong here like yeah. and in a really ancient 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 way me and these plants and all of us have evolved side by side for so long yeah. well we're all just really one and that's the thing yeah, yeah. Really, like when you get to you know use these herbs however you use them in your tea this is fantastic tea uh, or soaps or you know infusions or hydrosols or uh, smudge stick you know you're really just coming home to yourself Mm -hmm. And it and feels, that, it feels that way. Yeah. yeah, herbalism to me, I'm so glad you just said that, Jake, because herbalism to me has always felt like like a remembering more mm -hmm. than anything else. Like, it feels like I'm pulling up this, like, deep reserve of knowledge that, yeah, that I'm, it's a, it's a remembering more than it is, mm -hmm. like, a learning a new thing. And I think that just really speaks to how long we as humans have been interacting with these plants and using them in these ways. Yeah. Um... And I think that different skill, different activities and skills kind of trigger that feeling in different people. Like maybe soap making does that for you or making bread. Like that feels like your ancient connection. Mm -hmm. But Burning herbalism has always, yeah, herbalism has always been that for me. I just immediately, it pulls me into that space. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's cool. And it's, it's cool to hear and hear how that has evolved and hearing you come into that space. Yeah. You know, that's mm -hmm. really important. Yeah, and education was big. Like, we're so lucky here in Lawrence because we have, um, I was able to do an apprenticeship with a local woman named Akoe Miller years ago, like five or six years ago now. 
And for anyone who's interested in learning about herbalism, I would so, so recommend trying to find someone local to work with because Akoi is an amazing resource. Mm -hmm. And she, unfortunately, this was her last year offering apprenticeships. She's, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. she's, she's um, just... Talk about a wealth of knowledge. Oh, my God. And what she did was she had a medicinal, the most beautiful medicinal garden I've seen around here. And all of her apprentices spend half the day in the garden, like tending it for her and interacting with the plants. And then the other half of the day up studying about the plants that we worked with. Mm. And that was really a turning point for me because up until that point, I'd only really, a lot of the learning that I'd done was just reading about herbs and then maybe purchasing them online and working with them in like their dried form but I hadn't really seen them like growing in gardens. I hadn't seen them that way yet. And there's just like, it's like a relationship, you know, like you really do get to know these plants when you, when you just see them grow from like tiny seeds up and you know, all those, what do their flowers look like? What do their seed heads look like? How tall are they? What sort of climate do they grow in? Are they in the rocky soil or like the composted rich soil? Like it gives you so many clues about how that plant can be used and who, kind of who that plant is a little bit like a personality profile yeah so that was a turning point for me I, I do think anyone who wants to learn about herbalism finding someone local in their community is big and there's also a lot of online herbalisms there's so much more than just their physical b bodies like 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 most yeah living things are you know they're like the physical their physical cells but they have so many other energetic properties mm-hmm mm-hmm they're like little friends out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Little healing friends, guiding mm -hmm. friends that can... Yeah. I have a fun story about plantain. So I got um, bit by a wasp last year. Mm -hmm. I was like pulling apart something. It was on Hordenova, like, um, like not string, but it was like a little fencing for our sweet peas. And um, I was just pulling it off and I didn't see this um, wasp hive like dangling on it and so one of them came and stung me right in my hand and I like haven't been practicing herbalism for that long but I like feel like the things that I know I know mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I'm very like I know this you mm -hmm. know maybe I don't know this but like I know this and one of those was like plantain mm -hmm. about and so I like like ran outside and I was like this hurt like really bad <laughs> what the heck I mean you know, I'm just like like crazy brain and so I went and I know knew that we had tons of plantain around and so I grabbed some plantain chewed it up and then put it on my bite and it wasn't it didn't swell up for like four hours and I think it was because I used plantain mm -hmm. and like I should have I didn't think about continuing to use plantain throughout the whole entire process but my hand just got like exploded yeah. and I couldn't use my hand yeah. for like two days. Are you kind of allergic to them? I or? think I'm allergic to them yeah. also but like the plantain like really held held it down mm -hmm. and I was like wow that's like that's pretty wild yeah. and yeah. also like it was cool to like see my instincts just like all right Find yeah. some plantain. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, we're gonna yeah, be good fine, for you, for you. you know. Uh -huh. And it was kind of like one of those like emergency herbal triage sessions, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was like that was really really cool, and that's when I was like, all right, this there's something, you know, yeah. like this isn't a hoax. Like this is pretty real. Like this really works. Yeah. Like this is this is true, and this isn't you know it's not something to like 
believe or not to believe. It's not well, like a sure. religion or no, anything. No, no, no. It's I mean, like yeah, a lot of medicines come. You know, they come from plants. You know, like willow bark yeah. is the father of aspirin. You know, and like we yeah. just have associated it the way you associate like the brand name Kleenex with like a. You know, we don't do that in this generation. I guess right. like you know. It's the same thing, you know, but really, you know, uh, it comes from nature. Nature was the one that gave, gave so us so many of our medicines. So many of our medicines. A lot of our, our malaria medicines. medications are, yeah. you know, come from plants. And yeah, it's really. That's how disconnected that people get that we, mm-hmm. we don't, you know, we think of it as like, oh, this is, this is, you know, maybe this work, maybe it won't. We're like, well, actually, it's the foundation of this, you know. Right. Whatever. Yeah. And I think what's interesting in like, um, just like coming from both viewpoints of like pharmaceuticals and herbal medicine and like understanding that some people need pharmaceuticals to survive like I get that totally, yeah. like that's super fair mm-hmm. not saying to like you know replace it but right. like I think what could be a better integration moving forward with like future generations is like trying herbal medicine first seeing if you can be healed by natural homeopathic herbs and if that doesn't work then taking those steps forward and trying to use something more intense, whether yeah. it's a more intense herb, maybe a tincture rather than a tea, yeah. or like something like that. And like, if you really need to, like, then you can take a pharmaceutical. Yes. That's really well 100%. put. Yeah, that's yeah. really well put. Because nobody wants to go into surgery without, you know, yeah. uh, a painkiller. Right. You, know? you, you, yeah. you sum that up well. Some people yeah. can, like, have shoulder injuries and get massage therapy for six months mm-hmm. and that can be healed and then avoid surgery mm-hmm. you know those things happen all the time yeah um and i think it's important to like note that and explore that first yeah, yeah try that out and also i think what comes with that is the accessibility is like what's hard and what has what has been hard with some of the body work fields and i'm not trying to put them down in any ways like sometimes they're inaccessible yeah and so that makes it difficult because of the inaccessibility there and like the cost yeah yeah Yeah. you know and for having more folks open to a sliding scale body work would be solid Mm -hmm. yeah because i think that that is like something that's missing from that field i feel like there's a lot of sliding scale of other dimensions and other businesses and resources which is amazing Mm -hmm. but i think body work could be one thing where it's like you know offering this amount to this group of people or like that's amazing yeah you know there's so many structures of civilization that need to be rethought and readdressed and just plain changed you know Mm -hmm. um i totally agree yeah i really feel like the changes can be made you know, like on a community level and like not a whole lot of other people need to be involved but like a small community can really make some of those big changes together oh yeah yes you know yeah. like oh, yeah. it doesn't That's need to it be like That's yeah it, it doesn't starts, need somewhere. to be like the government or it doesn't need to be like let's get the city commissioner involved you know it's like we can just have like a good old neighborhood like community working out together mm-hmm. you know yeah. like yeah. i feel like that really i feel like that also brings me back to a lot of like heritage of you know community and like being with your your kin your surrounding area mm-hmm. and like really u- utilizing the resources of your community rather so than just of, like yeah an empire yes yeah. you know yeah yeah community is such a such a good word um and and you just yeah you nailed yeah. it like that <laughs> honestly that's where that's where all change starts is on that level mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Our 
some of your future goals with your business? Like we, you kind of talked about like the hydrosols and other things like that, but what are some other, where do you see it going? Um, well, you know, like any business, you know, I want to be profitable. Um, one thing I'm like really excited uh, on the horizon for is to, you know, actually release the shampoo bar. Um, because I do think that that's going to be a great uh, alternative for people. When you think about how, how much plastic is in the world because of this shampoo bottle yeah. fiasco, yeah, it's ridiculous, you know? It's yeah. un- so I think that I can actually, I'll actually be able to make a, a even bigger change you know, for people towards sustainability when I'm able to offer that shampoo bar. I'm just like doctoring up the, the recipe and want to hone it. But I'm excited for that because... Yeah, that really turns me on to think about how many plastic bottles we could keep out of landfills by yeah. offering that. Yeah. So excited about that. Save a scalp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I want to keep uh, getting more engaged with our, our, you know, you know, people who subscribe to our newsletter and you know people who are on our Instagram and um, you know have some sweepstakes and uh, opportunities for people to get more engaged and um, and just talk about how these beautiful herbs and uh you know our friend lufa are here to help you know yeah. <laughs> keep your skin dirt beautiful to dirt. And exfoliate, you know? cool yeah yeah i think a big goal that i'm excited for us to do is to work more and more toward just figuring out how to source more and more of the ingredients locally absolutely you know like that to yeah. me is like so exciting to think about we've already you know we've got kind of like our, our some we have a lot of leads and a lot of ideas um but just really to me like as many many things as possible that we can um including the tallow the tallow is a big one because we we, our soaps are not vegan and a part of that for us is that we're really into like using every part of the animal and a lot of times that fat and that tallow is just like thrown away for for the most part it's a it's out there in the world and it's a byproduct you know it's something that like most things around the conventional uh you know meat system people don't want to look at you know um we we source we definitely eat meat, but we source it locally and, and sustainably, and try to eat in moderation. But uh, in any case, you know there is this meat industry out there that we all know about, and there's just I mean tons of tallow that's just getting thrown away. And so you know we would rather honor the animals, you know, mm-hmm. by giving them you know a, a new life. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful product, and uh, the thing about tallow is that you know it's beneficial for our skin in a way that no other fat is. It's like the closest to our own fat mm. that a lot of these things can be made of. You know, like for instance, you see a lot of palm oil. Palm oil is not very sustainable. Yeah, you know, you don't, not you, a fan. You, yeah, so, yeah. You know, so one, one will look at tallow and say, well, I don't want to have this meat product. I'm going to go with palm. But in fact, you're like displacing orangutan and divorce, you're you know, promoting deforestation. It's like, you know, if you just think a little bit more about things, you know, you can see a little clearer. And I think that tallow is something that, you know, yeah, we honor the animal uh, by, you know, using this, its fat that's just going to be thrown away. And, 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 you know, organic matter in landfills are some of the worst things because they release toxicity, you know, and, and as well. So um, I think educating people about that <clears throat> and how it's, number one, really beneficial for your skin and how, two, you're, it's actually more sustainable because it's, you know, taking something that's a byproduct, you know, and use, utilizing it. And so, like Hannah was saying, if we can get that locally, especially in Kansas, you would think there's enough farms. Is it from pork or beef? Uh, tallow it's beef, tallow. Beef. Yeah. Okay. Lard is pork. It's pork, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what cool. we can do is, like, right, right now what we're trying to figure out is we can source 
like unrendered tallow from small farmers mm. but then you jake would have to render it which is like very energy and time intensive yeah. that sounds just like a pot boiling for days for, yeah and yeah. it's like you know and so you can totally do it but when we're trying to keep costs low if now we're adding a whole nother like full day's worth of production on top of each batch it's just really tricky so trying to find that balance between like really what we would like to do is find someone of of farmer within a couple hundred miles who sells tallow that's already been rendered mm. at, a, re- at a reasonable price yeah. it's marked up so much that it's you know just not economically viable honestly yeah it's with some of them you know yeah um Fair. so but you know we're always in a state of becoming you know so and hopefully becoming better <laughs> yeah and so yeah so you know it's exciting to just yeah become more you know solidify you know the, the brand and connect more with uh existing customers and connect with with new customers and you know just uh, grow the grow the brand and, and be a company that does good awesome yeah cool awesome yay i'm excited <laughs> oh, i'm excited gosh. for you guys <laughs> yeah we want to maybe get a farmer's market stand <gasps> next year so that would oh be gosh, really fun that'd be cool um we would love to do that and then we're like thinking, we have to, yeah, yeah because one, one challenge we've been dealing with is shipping costs. Shipping is, like, really expensive. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so, gone up since of COVID and everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so if someone buys, like, a bar of soap and they pay half that price, again, just to have it shipped, even if they, like, live in Lawrence, you know? So that's a big thing for us is figuring out how our local Lawrence friends can purchase our soap and not have to pay shipping. Mm-hmm. And so maybe doing some sort of drop-off or pickup. And then a farmer's market would really help with that, too. Yeah. yeah. And there's... Either. The Lawrence Farmer's Market doesn't have a lot of, like, like apothecary soap. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody who actually sells soap and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that would, that would be really okay. cool. And it's all locally made, so it fits all the criteria. Yeah. 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 No, I'm super yeah. excited. If, I, if we could sign up right now and start, I would, you know? Yeah. We just love the farmer's market. It's, like, my happiest if you are. We see you there every yeah. week. We have our right. friend Michael, who we see. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just all of our little... We just, like, make the rounds, and it's just... Yeah. The total highlight of our week. It's so fun. The pulse mm-hmm. of the community. Yeah. It's, it's so fun, and I've really enjoyed... I thought it was going to be too much in the beginning to, like work both of the farmers markets sometimes like I'll do the veggie stand once once a month and then I'll work uh, at wild alive for the rest and it's just so fun because it's such a niche product and like you know a lot of people will have their bra or like sausage like um biscuit like yeah, in the morning yeah. and they'll walk by and they're like crap what's that you know and I was like it, it would it would do really good on your hot dog. Yeah. You know? we pummeled that I've gotten shape. a few people in just because yeah. I'm like, you want to put this on your hot dog right now? Like, this is going to be really good. We have some really good crowd. That stuff like, is so, oh. literally so good. We, yeah. we, we killed that kimchi bottle. In, oh, in yeah. a week. We ate it, like, oh, yeah. within days of buying it from you. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just released the green tomato kimchi. Mm. Okay. It is so good. That is one that like I straight up eat out of the mm-hmm. jar, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "What do you eat this with?" And I like with I'm a fork. Like, um, nothing. <laughs> Bread sometimes, yeah. maybe if I'm like really into it. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun to just like it's it's the like base of community. It's like where you know a lot of that stuff begins. 
Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. It's Love so it. fun there. Yeah, and just the, it's just like all of our favorite people. And We're excited to be part of it uh, yeah. next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. have to like, get become better morning people, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's our yeah. whole job. <laughs> well, so when, like, I don't get, I wake up at like 6, 6.30, which isn't like too bad for Saturday. Like, it is early. But I leave here at like 6.45, go get the car, and I'm at market by 7.00. Oh, that's nice. not as bad. It's not bad. Like, veggie, I have to wake up at 5.30. I have yeah. to be at the farm at 5.30 in yeah. the morning. That's different. You know, I have to wake up those at are, 5 yeah. compared to, hours. like, yeah. you know, I wake up at, like, 6, 6 uh-huh. to 15. We can do that. That's, like, like a it's, it's not a big deal. When you, like, don't have a million things that you need to set up, like, also being flexible in the morning is, like, you know, you want to be ready by 7.30, but, like, realistically like people aren't going to start buying things like until eight ish Mm -hmm. like especially with those niche products like yeah you need coffee by 7 30 like people are there and like want coffee coffee. if we have blueberries or strawberries everybody like needs to be like we have to be ready by 7 30 we're like sometimes i'll like be you know slowly slowly putting things out because i'll be talking to a neighbor or something (laughs) talking to helen (laughs) you know my favorite person on earth is helen um she made this little this is a Helen product. Does she have the dish. ceramic swords over next yeah. to the ferments? Yes. Okay. Yes. She's so my to favorite. Talk to her. I love her. <laughs> she's so sweet. And she's old and just like her, the fact that she can still utilize her hands and make clay is just like is just like so fantastic. That's such an inspiration. Oh, I know. It reminds me of my grandma too. Um Okay, so Hannah, what, how did you get the Herbal Content Cottage started? Like, what, what was that all about? Yeah, so that is my... You were an editor, so that's cool. hmm yeah, so I went, I, okay, so I started, like I mentioned earlier, I was working at the magazines, and I was working in health and wellness, and I was a writer and editor, and I genuinely really, really loved it. Um, I loved the team, I loved the content, but I reached this position, I kind of started to feel like... I had moved up as much as I was going to be able to move up. Um, I guess I hit that glass ceiling <laughs> that everyone yeah. talks about. Like, it's a real thing. Yeah. I hit it. I didn't want to... There were, like, two positions above me that I could have fulfilled, but they were, like, really uninspiring to me. It was, like, boring management positions that had no creativity. And I really need to feel creative in my days. So um, I left the magazine and um, worked for a sustainable clothing company for a few years. And that was awesome. I got to travel all over the place and do these like photo shoots for their mag- their publication. But um, I realized really quickly that I just couldn't write about sweaters all day, every day. Yeah. Like I could not do it. I got super bored. Fair. And so that's when I realized like, okay, so the content that I'm working within is really important to me. Um, I only want to, I really just want to geek out and write about herbalism stuff all the time. <laughs> That's like where I'm happy. That's you what do. I want to do. Yeah. 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 Um, so at that point, um, I had had some people kind of reach out to me who were like small business owners who sold herbalism based products, kind of like what Jake does with Meadowroot, and needed help with their website um, and like their marketing materials. And at first I was like, oh, I don't really do that. And then I thought about it some more, and I was like, well, I could do that, actually. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. try it. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I started taking on freelance clients, and I had, I did that thing where you're, like, working full-time and also doing this on the side, mm-hmm. and I did it for a year, and it got, like, really intense. Like, I was basically working two full-time jobs, and I decided to go full-time freelance and just start my own company. 
Um, and of course, like the week I made that decision, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. oh. And so it was like so scary because I'd already put in my notice. I yeah. was like at home and I knew, fortunately I had enough freelance clients where I, I knew where I was gonna be able to pay the bills for the next few months anyway. Yeah. But I didn't know where it was going and it was really, I had all these dreams that I was like jumping off of cliffs and stuff. And I was oh my like, gosh. it felt that way. Like yeah. it felt like this huge leap of faith. Um, but I loved it and I also got, I think I got really fortunate in that there aren't a lot of other marketing companies who specifically work with herbalism brands. In fact, I don't know of any. Yeah. And I think there was a real need for it. I just got so fortunate with the, the herbalism community has been really supportive of me and it just grew and took off so much faster than I even expected. And she won't say this, but I think also is that uh, she's such a joy for people to work with, too. You know, just to talk with her is so fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when they're... And she does such a great job, too. Like a classic overachiever, this one. Um, that people, you know, you know, you, okay. you, you, yeah. you, of course, they, you know, people love working with her. And she does such a great job for people. And um, I knew you weren't going to toot your own horn in that way. But, you know, she's also just such a delight, delight to work with. Yeah, oh, I agree with you more. Yeah. <laughs> But, and also, you know, it makes a huge difference. Like, I think a lot of people, like, a lot of writers get into this area where they're a freelance writer and they're like, okay, I'll write about anything. You know, I just, I need, I need work, so I'll write about anything. And what I've learned is that if you identify, like, an area that's your specialty, even though it's kind of scary at first because you feel like you're limiting how many people are going to come to you, there, I think it's actually so much better because, A, you get to write about stuff that really lights you up and then you're always going to have better work if you're writing about things you're super passionate about. If I were to go work on someone's website who sold like used cars, honestly, I probably wouldn't do a very good job. Like, I'd probably be like, uh, we sell used cars and here's very our address. <laughs> Done. Call us. Yeah. <laughs> Specials next week. Yeah, yeah. Like boom, into story next. Yeah. Um, but with herbalism brands, I find myself like, really getting into it I'll like you know and, and I'll like drink their tea that they sent me and I'll sit there for like hours like <laughs> brainstorming like fun yeah. little plays on words and different metaphors we can use like gardening puns you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like super fun yeah um so I think finding finding my niche and like running with it was big um so now I that's it's grown so much I feel really blessed I've been able to bring on like three writers um and a, a graphic designer and I have a photographer I partner up with so there's like this team of us now that are all creating herbalism content and getting to interact with brands that are really just out there doing cool things um cool which is good I'm an idealist so like I cannot I'm very picky about which brands we bring on to work with and if they're not out there if they're not like sustainably harvesting their ingredients if they're not really being conscious about how they interact with plants um because conservation is really important when it comes to medicinal plants like you guys I'm, you know you guys probably already know this but like especially when there's foraging and wild crafting involved people can go out and just wipe out plants in their community you know yeah. and it's, it's happened around here i was gonna say it's, it's been happening with echinacea yes. here, which is like mm -hmm. It breaks my heart. Yeah, like, it's so oh my sad. Gosh. I mean, we live in echinacea country, right? Like, yeah. the heart of it. And honestly, I feel like it's an exciting 
day when I spot an echinacea growing wild, yeah. you yeah. know, and it should not be that way. This is its homeland, um, and it just got out of control of people harvesting it so quickly. And that, and that, you know, that happens in the South with ginseng. Um, and it happens really like pick your region and there's a plant that needs to be protected. So it's very important to me that I only work with brands who get that and that the messages that we're crafting and sharing are all based around um, conservation and a deeper relationship with plants and nature is really at the heart of all the branding and messaging that we, that we share. Yeah. So, yeah. So important. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really fun. So, you do, like, website design as well as, like, photography for the sites. So, like, what are, like, what's the whole gambit of services that yeah. y'all do? So, my background is really in copywriting. So, I do, like, I, I'm not a web designer. So, like, I don't design websites for people. Okay. I will typically recommend that, that, like, I work closely with a few graphic designers who are amazing website designers, and that's where they shine. And then I'll come in and, like, write all the words that go on the website. Mm. Yeah, so, like, the about page, the home page, anything like that. She's quite the wordsmith, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Um, and then I've gotten way more into photography the past few years, mainly because people, like, needed it. Like, they just, you know, because um, a lot of the other services I offer are, like, articles and blog posts. And that comes more from my magazine background. Like, I love to take a topic... Even something really this feels complicated and break it down into something that's very like achievable for people. Um, I think when I look at my role in the herbalism community, I definitely feel like education is where my heart's at. So helping my clients, and I also work for the Herbal Academy, which is an online herbalism school. Mm-hmm. I'm on their marketing team, and so helping people understand that herbalism is like not this big scary complicated hard topic that is like you know they can never break into but it's actually as simple as walking into your backyard and like picking some of that plantain and sticking it on that wasp stand yeah you know like that's literally it yeah um and so yeah so that's been that's I think where my role is and where I really find joy cool yeah that's so cool yeah wow how fun (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I feel very lucky. You know, sometimes I, well, I, I, it's like I feel lucky, but then when I look back on it, I, I have to remind myself, like, yes, I definitely have, I have the privilege of, ha- like, my parents, you know, helped me go to college, and I got a journalism education, and so I definitely have, like, that, air, that like, foundation to stand upon, mm-hmm. um, and then, but it also, it wasn't entirely luck after that you know no, like I didn't no. just win the lottery I no. worked my ass off you worked for you worked years. really hard and, yeah. and you know you make good decisions mm-hmm. you know um like being true to yourself and focusing on topics that you want to write about you know mm-hmm. and, and and then you're you're able to offer your clients real genuine input uh-huh. and yeah. content creation and I think you know there's definitely a lot to be said for having a good uh foundation of course um mm-hmm. but you definitely you know built the house on top of that foundation mm-hmm. you know for sure yeah yeah i try to catch myself when i say i got lucky because i think yeah there's some luck involved and there's definitely some privilege involved but there's also well you know it, it, i feel like it doesn't give me when i say i got lucky i think it doesn't credit 
the work I put into it. Right? Yeah, starting your own business right? is a risk, you know, and it's all the scary. money that goes into it and time and resource, you know, so. Yeah, mm. yeah, both so. of you recently just started these businesses, right? Oh my God, I mean, our whole household income has just like completely <laughs> shifted in the past year. Yeah. As we both launched our own business during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was scary. Yeah. But also really fun. Yeah, um, it's like, then like good business adventure. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Have you felt any, like, I know that there's been a lot of changes in just, like, our social media and, like, the algorithms and just, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I see it a lot on my feed of, like, this is changing, this Mm -hmm. is this. Have you personally, like, seen that in content creation? Yeah, I know that people are really moving right now. And this, man, the thing with social media is that it's, like, it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but where we're at right now, what, it's, like, August 2021. So, yeah. you know, this could be totally different by December. Mm-hmm. But reels, for sure, are, like, where it's at. I know making reels, the algorithm prefers it. So um, video content is definitely the way of the future. Um but yeah, those, the, I would say like if you run a small business and you're trying to figure out like, dude, my engagement has tanked, what am I, I need to figure that out. I would focus on some reels. Get real. Get, Get real. freaking Get real, real people. with your business and make it real. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good to know. That's what I kind of thought. And that like, it's like somebody's like, Instagram isn't going to be like a photo sharing app anymore. Mm. And I was like, well, what is it going to be then? Are they just going to like take away our photo privileges? Right. Like <laughs> they can't do that. Like I'm, you're still going to be able to post photos. Yeah, like, for sure. You know? Yeah. And Instagram, I go through such phases with Instagram. Sometimes I love it because there's so much inspiration on there. Right. And so many of the friends that I've made and the cool contacts that I, people I found and just all, everything has really been through Instagram. Mm-hmm. But then there's also those like dark moments where you're like okay it's like 9 30 i've been scrolling <laughs> yeah. for like way too the long the dead like, scroll yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like okay this is, i'm so oversaturated <laughs> by yeah. you it's time for a break mm-hmm. yeah i find myself going through that frequently and i think i've been using it since i was in middle school like i was a like young kid in middle school and I had an iPod and I was like I'm gonna me and my friends are gonna download Instagram and like post funny photos of us in snow and whatever yeah and then now seeing it to like where it is now is like whoa yeah (laughs) it's crazy crazy. I remember actually so I'm I'm I must be a little older than you because I was already working at the magazine when when Mm -hmm. Instagram came out yeah but I remember I didn't have a smartphone Mm. And just like a radio, I don't know what the movie was called, a regular old analog phone. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid old phone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it was like my whole inspiration for getting a smartphone. I was like, I've got to get a smartphone because I need Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I want this. Because like all the other platforms like Twitter and Facebook are both just like adapted to like desktop. Mm-hmm. And like I also use both of those on a desktop or like mm-hmm. MySpace, you know. Oh, yeah. Tumblr. Yeah. Like yeah. those are all desktop <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Instagram is the one where it's like it will not adapt to is desktop. Is MySpace yeah. still a thing? Is there a MySpace I don't still? know. I know Tumblr's still around. I don't know about yeah. MySpace, though. I miss it sometimes. I miss that you could go on somebody's profile and, like, a song will play. Aww. Like, I miss that. I, I want to... I MySpace. Yeah. No. I wasn't into MySpace, but, like, I went on people's pages sometimes because they, like, wanted to show me or, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Sure, sure, I was, like, yeah. interested in it. And I yeah. was like, oh, a song's playing. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like, we're doing that now, but, like, with a reel or, like tiktok or something yeah i love stories like instagram stories is actually the the main way i interact i will i'm terrible because i like 
I help my clients post on a regular basis, but then because I'm doing it for them all the time, I like never want to do it for myself. Yeah. Yes. You know how that is? Like, yeah. what is yeah, that yeah. saying? Like, the, the car cobblers... mechanic doesn't want to work on a car yeah. all the time. Or... Yeah, yeah. Like, the cobbler's kids have no shoes or whatever. Yeah. There's like yeah, something yeah, like that. That's, and that's, that's totally me. Like, yeah. I will go for months without posting on Instagram grid, but stories I think are really fun because they're just like. You're good about I keeping don't know. up with that. Yeah. It's easy and it's quick, and like, I'll be like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm going to show this with my friends. And also, like, it's interacting and it's like starting an easy conversation. Mm hmm. Totally. I, I totally feel it because I help out with the farm's Instagram and then I helped out with another Instagram and like for a while I was just like what is Instagram <laughs> you know like yeah. what is this thing and I just like yeah sometimes mine just takes the back burner but mm -hmm. that's why stories are fun because you can just be like hi I'm still alive yeah, like totally. I'm still here I'm still doing fun stuff mm -hmm. like love you boom and there's like no pressure for it to be I don't know, but what I struggle with is because, because I'm a writer and a photographer, I feel like if I'm putting something in my grid to live, it almost starts to serve as, like, a portfolio. And so it has to be, like, awesome. I put this pressure on myself to, mm -hmm. to, for it to be awesome. And so I think that's why I don't post as often, because I'm, like, uh, I don't know. I just don't want to. It's, like, so ti it's time-consuming. It's time-consuming. You're you doing know? it all day for your clients. And, yeah. And I think that the cobbler analogies get a good one but with yeah. stories it's gone in 24 hours so i don't put that pressure on myself yeah you don't have to keep it in your little like bio archive thing mm -hmm. but you, you know? got some good stories though yeah <laughs> what are you talking about those yeah. are those are permanent well, quality yeah. Thank you. yeah yeah those are they're fun memories yeah, yeah. they are yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do love the good old archive you know looking back it's like on this day four years ago like, yeah. uh -huh. Picking cucumbers last year, picking cucumbers this year. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Same old, same old. I love those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I think we're getting up on our, like, hour-ish time. Is there, like, where can everybody follow you and find you and buy soap and yeah. make website follow stuff? Follow us on Instagram at Meadowroot. Mm -hmm. And our website is www.meadowroot.com. Mm -hmm. We definitely plan on... Uh, you know, trying to be at the farmer's market next year. Uh, but check us out if, way before then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then my brand name is Herbal Content Cottage. So I'm at herbalcontentcottage.com or I'm on Instagram just under my personal name, um, which is Hannah underscore Afton. Cool. Yeah, and I think Instagram is, is a good, a fun spot to connect. That's Despite our love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. We're going to work it out. Yeah. yeah. We're so fun. <laughs> we're still going to use it. Like, we're still going to post it on Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks for talking. Thank you so yeah, much for having us. Thanks for having us. us. This, was so fun. this was really fun. Yeah. We get to see your awesome bus. Like, this is just the best. In my little realm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun in the winter. And it's... What is your favorite part of the Kansas Prairie? probably just the miracle of grass you know like grass roots and how much they do for the soil is like blows my mind you know i i think before i moved to kansas i thought you know of grass as sort of you know cow food and and something people shouldn't spend so much time in gas mowing you know and i didn't realize how integral it was to the system the you know the the the, the system of earth you know and and it's actually this unbelievable uh, contributor. Yeah, grass yeah. is amazing. And, like, how deep the roots the are. Roots. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love that um, 
painting at, I think it's Free State. On I was there. just thinking yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so the cool. Kearns, uh... Yeah, going up to the, yeah. it's like that two-story stairwell, yeah. and the grass roots just go the whole, the whole time. It, it, it's illuminating. It is. It's illuminating, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, for me, probably that. Amazing. Yeah. I love so many things about the prairie. Like, I honestly don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. a huge nerd about it. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in Kansas, so to me, it's just home. I think for you, if I had to guess, and I know you pretty well, is the, the, all the medicines. Yeah. Prairie that, medicines, you know? Yeah, we're really lucky here. Like, so many of the medicines, it's a very medicine-rich area. I mean, mm -hmm. the echinacea, like we were talking about earlier, but also yarrow. Like, yarrow grows everywhere, and it's so good for wounds. We have elder, we have plantain, we have goldenrod. I mean, it's like our, our these fields are just rich with plants that have such a long history of use. Um, so I feel really lucky, like, there's an abundance around here. But one thing that I love, love, love about the prairie, too, is, like, the subtle color variations, especially in winter. Oh, that's a the good grasses one too. are like mm. technically dead for the winter, but they're still really long. And some of those like purple. Yeah, and, and like the blue stem and the purple yeah. and the um, like the wheat color. Like to me, that palette is so beautiful. And then because we have so much land, getting to see that palette just stretch out and just have that huge expanse of it. I mean, mm -hmm. it really is like a sea of grass. I mean, you see where yeah. people like get that phrase. Mm. Um, so, and that's one of those things that I think a lot of people who aren't from Kansas don't pick up on as quickly because it is more nuanced. Like it's not it's a subtle. huge epic mountain. Yeah. It's not a giant glacier lake. It's not the ocean. It's subtle color changes in a field of grass, but it's so and the space, The space can be also just the energy that you bring and project. Which is which it will accommodate, yeah. Which is kind of cool. So yeah. you can dream pretty big and uh, project. And also, I will. This is my last one, but I will say the sound of the grasses. Oh, the sound of the yeah. grasses in the wind. Yes. Yeah. And all the yeah. bugs with that in the summer too. Yes. Cicadas. Uh, cicadas. Uh, yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Like it really does have its own sound. It's very meditative. Oh, mm -hmm. I could just sit in grass, just sit, run out to a field, sit down, and just chill there for all day. Yeah. 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 And I mean, sunsets and, and sunrises obviously are just so beautiful here. And I mean, that's kind of like the sky, but the openness again allows for that mm -hmm. uh, giant vista, you know? Yeah. I think the, the like infinite landscape, especially like in the prairie, is mm -hmm. like there's nowhere else that you can see mm -hmm. that. It's just right. like literally infinite. Like yep. you yeah. look out and it's just like infinity. Yeah. And the sunrise and the sunsets are like, out of this world. Yeah. yeah. You almost don't like, even realize like the world. human eye can see that part. Yeah. Like, how far am I looking yeah. at you? And I know it happens with like most photos and like um uh landscapes with like sunrises and sunsets, but it's one of those things where you're just like you I feel like I see it enough where I'm like, I can't take a photo of this. Like yeah. this is oh, too yeah. good. No, it's yeah. too good. This is yeah. too good. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. And that's one I try not to take for granted. Because I think like, growing up here, it's really easy to just know that the, it's going to be beautiful every night, you know? But yeah. remembering to go outside and see that. Yeah. yeah. That was when our old farmhouse was up on a hill in the country. And that was, we went and had our first viewing of it at sunset. And I remember we You're pulled like, up. This and is it. Like, oh, <laughs> so yeah. we're home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the views out there were, were, were epic. Yeah. yeah. It was really beautiful. Yeah. That's so cool. 
Well, thanks for sharing your prairie moments. Heck yeah. Thanks for sharing yours. Glad I remembered. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're just like too too lost in conversation, you know? That's a good thing. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Prairie Ramblings podcast. Hope you were able to enjoy this week's episode. If you have a desire, please feel free to like and share this episode with some like-minded individuals, as well as leaving a review or a comment would be very helpful and very much appreciated. A special thanks to Austin at Nessera Studios for helping produce this podcast, as well as Anchor for being a great medium for finding like other like-minded individuals on the internet. All right. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day. See ya.